so the idea or the concept of the book is it is a, a daily reader. It's designed to be read one page a day, basically five minutes. And it has a, a key concept and a takeaway. And if you apply that, then you can achieve a higher level of success over time. What I found is, is many people in this profession and other sales and entrepreneurs as well often succumb to the shiny object squirrel phenomenon, right? They're always off to the next thing. So what I do is this actually feeds into that because since every day is different, most people in, you know, that have that personality profile are, are likely to stick with it. And so then it does build over time. It actually also applies to this law called Parkinson's law. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But the uh, concept is, is that by limiting and restricting time, you can become more efficient and effective. You found the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. If you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise, then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Law Podcast. We have another excellent episode for you, Rory. We have a great guest today who's going to talk a lot about how to achieve a higher level of success by investing five minutes a day in your real estate business. Do you have five minutes, Rory? Um, I have a little bit more than that, so maybe there's a little bit more that I can do. But I'm very excited to have her here today because I have a lot of questions about ways that realtors can build like a sustainable, strong business for themselves and how um, groups and team leaders can put together effective teams in real estate. So those are two things that I very much want to ask her today. But um, Jason, we have kind of a big deal here today. Yeah. The introduction. Yes, I know. We have we have a big deal from outside the D.C. area. Uh, we're not going to talk politics in this episode, I promise. <laughs> but we do have a coach, author, podcaster, investor, and my favorite title that you have, Karen, is Mega Agent. I've never had a Mega on this podcast, so you are our really? first. Yeah, you're our first Mega Agent. This is Karen Briscoe. Welcome, Karen. Well, thanks for having me. I'm just thrilled to be able to visit with you. And your community, because like I said, I've become a, a recent uh, pine binger on a real estate law podcast. Wow. You know, I, we were just t chatting before we hit record that it always surprises us when friends or acquaintances in, in the real world come up to us and like, oh, yeah, I heard that episode. It was great. Or I enjoy your podcast. And it's like, oh, my God, people are actually listening to this thing. Right. You know, like you, we see the stats I, and you're a fellow podcaster and that. That makes us nervous. We get nervous whenever we have podcasters on because, I mean, you've done hundreds of episodes. We just hit episode number 100. So, you know, we're we're proud of that, but we got a ways to go. Karen. Yeah, I just uh, passed over the 400 mark. So they yeah. <laughs> I, I heard that the 400 mark. Well, uh, you know, what is your success in podcasting? We'll start with that. Your longevity of having 400 episodes. Well, I'm still doing it. That's what <laughs> I think I'm going to think since you show up. Yeah, it's like hard work or whatever it is, you know, show up and it's been quite a journey. And I'm so glad I have all the places my podcast is taking me. And one of the best things is this opportunity because I have really found a whole world out there of other podcasts. And so that's actually it started that way. I started out on the side of the mic of being a guest because as a mega agent and then an author, that led to a lot of opportunities. And then my book itself actually said it wanted a podcast for its first birthday because it said, well, 
we can have a podcast that asks questions too. So it is different being on the different sides of the bike, as I'm sure you've come to realize as well. Rory and I have been guests on podcasts as well. We haven't really done a ton of outreach to be guests on other people's podcasts, but now that we have our own and a number of episodes, you know, we certainly can do that outreach. And it is nerve wracking to be on the other side of a podcast. I mean, you're you're also an expert in being interviewed on podcasts, but I don't know, Rory, the last time we did a podcast together, I feel like all I did was just blab the whole time, which is not well, common for me. Well, it is. You have to remember that the hosts there are trying to kind of guide you and push you along to get um, get some good information out of them. But this is why I always say, Jason, you make a terrible deponent. If you ever in deposition, <laughs> they would ask you, you know, what's your name? And then three hours later, they'll have all the information they could possibly need about what happened. So that's uh, that's not how we do that. The, the irony is that I have been deposed in my life. And I was prepped before the deposition. I thought I did a good job. But Rory, you also prepped me. You were like, all right, yes or no questions, right? You know, just give them what they're asking for. Right. Just the facts, man. Just yeah. the facts. Karen, five minutes a day. Like, start. let's start there. Like, we only need five minutes a day for success in real estate? Like, how? Like, what? What? what, what I have five minutes. I have, I have an hour. Will I be 12 times more successful if I actually put it in the five minutes 12 times? Well, what happened is I, as a successful mega agent, and many people come to me and say, you know, I want to achieve at a higher level, but they said they didn't have enough time. And so I said to them, well, do you have five minutes a day? And everybody said they did. And I said, okay, so the idea or the concept of the book is it is a, a daily reader. It's designed to be read one page a day, basically five minutes. And it has a, a key concept and a takeaway. And if you apply that, then you can achieve a higher level success over time. What I found is, is many people in this profession and other sales and entrepreneurs as well, often succumb to the shiny object squirrel phenomenon, right? They're always off to the next thing. Oh, there you go. So what I do is this actually feeds into that because since every day is different, most people in, you know, that have that personality profile are likely to stick with it. And so then it does build over time. It actually also applies to this law called Parkinson's Law. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But mm -hmm. the uh, concept is, is that by limiting and restricting time, you can become more efficient and effective. Because what often happens is people say, I'm going to take this course or read this book or go to this training. And then because they really don't apply what they did, it doesn't have any impact. So when you limit it, oftentimes it could have more impact. So uh, that's where the five-minute success came into play. And then since the book came out in 2016, I've had a lot of opportunity to become a productivity expert <laughs> because I've learned a lot more about how people habit formation and how people apply and how they learn and grow and become better than before. And so it's really been quite a journey that wasn't my intent in the beginning. My intent was to write a book that would combine the concepts that I had learned to become successful and, and many people have applied them, but in a new format that would be a way that people would be more likely to read it and stay with it. Rory, what do you think about that strategy, the one Ooh. page a day and taking one fact away or one tip a day? I mean, I've definitely been guilty of the the opposite and I've seen other people do the same where you try to absorb way too much information. You have a life-changing conference that you go to and you want to implement everything right away. 
but you don't because really it's not about adopting a new system or one other tool. It's about really building up a sustainable business. And, you know, I've been guilty of falling for that myself. And I've also taught agents in my office things I thought were incremental, but you don't give them the time to implement them and then they're on to the next thing. So um, I hear what you're saying there. Take a little bit of time every day to work on your business and to grow your business um, mm-hmm. and to take something new. So I very much hear that. I have a question for Karen because I've been to a number of conferences over the past year or so. So Karen, just background on me, like I left my W-2 job last year when they told me that I had to leave. And I was like, that's fine because I have all these short-term rentals and we're going to scale this up. Uh, and real estate's the better way anyway, isn't it? Like, real estate Absolutely. Absolutely. It's never happened to you. It, it, I, yeah, us too. So so I said, I'm going all in 12, 18 months, see how it goes, you know, invest in a mastermind, invest in myself, go into conferences. And you've been to, you've spoken at conferences. I mean, like you're on the main stage of these conferences. So you're one of the people that we see and we're diligently taking notes out of the audience, right? As to what to do. And what I've found, and tell me if this is a good, good strategy. The last conference I went to, I literally wrote down the name of each speaker that spoke each day just to remind myself of what they spoke about. I didn't have to take a ton of notes about what they spoke about because I got recordings afterward, but that reminded me what they spoke about. Then I took one page of notes of like, literally I wrote down the thing I had to do with each thing. And then I looked at it after I got home and I acted on a couple things immediately and a couple things I put on my B list and then I you know worked into the rest of my schedule for the rest of the year. But like I acted immediately. I did things that I learned at that conference that were either quick or impactful. And that's what I found. Like Rory asked me like, what are the takeaways I have of each of these events I've gone to? And like, if I have, all I need is one major life-changing takeaway and it was worth the investment of a couple thousand dollars and a couple days of my life to do what do you think about that absolutely and what i found and this is uh, goes to the what is uh, became the structure of the book because my publisher is like that's great every day's different you know i i hear your but there should be core concepts and so you what you could do is you could say okay it's going to fall into some of uh the core concepts so the core concepts in the book are uh, the first one is commit to get leads so that's Business development, prospecting, lead generation, right? Everybody needs a lead. And before they have anything to do, <laughs> be entrepreneurs, real estate professionals, law, title, um, all the professionals, dentists, churches. And so you could put it in that bucket. That's one bucket. And that's one of the buckets that's in the book. Uh, the next one is the consult to sell, the conversion, the transactional aspect of it. Every business, every operation has something, a process that they take the customer client through. And then in business, there's money at the other end. Well, actually, in nonprofits, there's money at the other end, too, where they, <laughs> right? So then there are these principles of scale leverage systems, what I call connect, build, and grow. So that's a bucket on how do you work on your business? How do you take things to the next level? How do you create something that's sustainable? And then what I find is there's also a mindset motivation component to it which I call uh, success thinking activities and vision. And so that is what is uh, that keeps you going, right? Or inspires you to, uh, to, to take action and to put things into place. And so the, you, you could, one thing you could do is like the structure of the book, you could create, you know, key bucket areas and you could even maybe have a focus of a quarter or a focus of, I have what I call the 66 day challenges uh, that people could pull out concepts like if you want a folk thing like uh, one of them is lead generation. Many people want to focus on lead generation. So uh, back to the habit formation, 66 days is 
what has been proven or studied to uh, studies have shown that it's one of the number of days it takes to implement a habit or a new practice. And so you can set up even that. I mean, that's another way to chunk it down because, uh, again, that you're creating ways to restrict and to put into either a time parameter or a, some sort of containment so that it, by constricting, you're actually likely to be more effective and efficient. Yeah. Rory, we've talked about the paradox of choice a lot, haven't we? It's that and the eighty twenty rule are two concepts that really go together to um, kind of focus me a little bit because you any you know absolutely Jason the, the paradox of choice um, yeah is crippling and that is fascinating if you limit the amount of time that you have to do something like you're more productive it seems counterintuitive but I mean it, Karen you're telling us it's been proven and it, it certainly makes sense. Well, I can you know, prove it the next time you get ready to go on vacation. How much are you getting uh-huh. in time? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Leading up to that vacation. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also find if I give myself deadlines, you know, I'll hit them or I'll come really close to hitting them. And like if I didn't give myself a deadline, it would just have this open ended, like never kind of happens type thing. I was in an event a couple of weeks ago out in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Uh, just a bunch of us kind of got together and had a big, like detailed short term rental, medium term rental mastermind, just about eight, ten of us. And um, I showed everybody this list I put together. It was just my roadmap for the next six months. And, like, they were floored by it. I'm like, I literally just use a note in um, notes, like, in on my iPhone, right? And I put little the check boxes that you could check off, and then it goes to the bottom of the list. No fancy app or anything, but I put this roadmap together as to what I was going to, what my high-level tasks were for each of the next six months. And a couple of people were like, you have to go over that. Like, you have to tell us about that. I was, it's just a list, but it's it's like it my, my two little things that make me productive and happier is having a list like that. So I see the next six months and I plan it out. And then as new things pop on, I figure out where it's going to be in those six months. And then I put it into that month. And the second thing is sticky notes. Honestly, I'm a sticky note person because I like writing things out and then I like crossing them off. When I get to cross it off, I say, well, I'm getting really productive right here. And productivity is something that we can all, you know, learn lots of different ways to be productive. I mean, just, you know, having five minutes a day to learn something new in this world and then bucket them into committing to get leads and consulting to sell and that kind of thing is such a simple and brilliant way to break down your day. Well, you're what you're talking about, and I found to be uh, key for my success as well, is activity blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people talk about time blocking and when they're talking about productivity, and I'm like, well, it's not possible because time is a creative thing. And so what you're really doing is you're saying you want to accomplish a certain number of activities. Mm-hmm. And when I find that to be, I find it to be more effective because then you know when you've actually done it, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. uh, what happens with a lot of people, particularly if they're, say, are using time blocking for prospecting or lead generation, uh, they'll find a way to use the time and not actually get anything done. So, and you can track activities, whereas you really tracking time is oftentimes isn't as effective for people. So, you have you have uh, stumbled on one of my favorite strategies for success. Hmm. Rory, we stumble upon a lot of things. There right? you go. Like, hey. <laughs> I mean, so, somehow we, you know, we get to file as real estate professional status and, you know, have short-term rentals and all that great tax benefits, but we didn't really plan it out. It just kind of happened that way. And we look back and we're like, wait a second, everything that people are talking about in all these podcasts that people aspire to do, like, you know, marry a real estate professional, we we did that. How did we just do that? How did we find our way to doing that? Right? We stumble upon things, Rory. We sure have. And we're um, 
you know, flicking ahead to here with the, the the time blocking strategy too. And one thing I've done, and I don't know if this is just a, a weekend version of time blocking. Um, each day of the week has a different theme. So, you know, if for on Tuesdays marketing priorities comes come to the top, on Fridays administrative things come to the the top. That way, you know, every every task in different parts of your thing will make it to the top at some point, even if it's not the highest priority task. That's actually brilliant, and I find. That to be great, like if you're working with a team, because we've talked about teams, because um, you want certain things to get um, attention and yet uh, to have it be on you know, the agenda every week or every day or whatever. So you, that's, that's a great strategy. Now, I was just going to ask, you know, kind of before we, because I have a bunch of other questions, but I wanted to let you speak a little bit to some, a couple more of the things that are in the five minute lessons for, for people every day. Um, so you have kind of wealth and knowledge and you want your readers to explore them five minutes a, a day so they have a chance to implement them. What are some key key messages that you'd give in the book? Well, I, like I said, I gave you the key buckets. So it's mm-hmm. a commit to get leads and there's the uh, consult to sell, then there's connect to build and grow, and then the success thinking activities and vision. And then each one of those has a, can't have a lot of overlap, right? Because if you think about it, in fact, I use it as a Venn diagram. Um, if you think about it, a lot of times what you're doing as uh, you know lead conversion is also can be a key aspect to building and growing you know a build business. And so when they have more than one area of emphasis, then that's when you can really create more scale in your your um, business. But one of them you mentioned is the activity blocking. The other one is the idea of the 66 days because. Many people um, in this world of habit research, uh, the reason why 66 days has become very one of the main rules of thumb, if you will. So the first 21 days, what we find is many people, they're starting a new habit or a new practice. They will really be enthusiastic, right? I mean, think about somebody who gets a Peloton. Like, I mean, they're like all over it on social media. <laughs> what happens that? The next 21 days or the next, you know, three weeks or so, people start to actually go through this evaluation process of, do I really want to ride that bike every day? Many times can refer to that as the dip because, as Seth Godin said, many times people go through a dip. And the idea is if it's something you want to achieve in your life, you you keep powering through the dip, right? You may evaluate it, but you should be powering through. Because on the other end of that three weeks, 21 days, and 66 days is often where people start to experience the benefits of it. And so what we want to do is we want to ship people to get enough momentum and they get through the dip, they get to the other, you know, the other end. And the thing is, though, truly, if it's a habit for your business and your life, it's designed to sustain after the 66 days. So the idea is to give you the tools to get you through, put it into practice, just, you know, for example, the obvious one is brushing your teeth. People don't stop brushing their teeth once they put that into practice. But one of the best illustrations of this is the one, and now I'm going to have a little bit of a brain freeze, but there's a story of the one of the comedians who was asked about how he wrote jokes, and he said he just literally got a calendar, and every day he would check off the calendar. So, there are lots of great strategies to get you through those those momentums. The idea is to build the habit because as you build the habit, then it will propel you forward too. 
And those dips happen in whatever we're doing. You know, if you're a real estate investor and you can't find deals or can't find leads or you're not getting your offers accepted, uh, you know, we kind of went through a little bit of a dip uh, operating our short-term rentals. You know, we happen to have our slowest months in March and April. So March and April are just just kind of where our properties are. So that's our dip. You know, revenue-wise, the Northeast is it's hard to visualize the summer sometimes like when there's so much snow on the ground so you know unless unless it's a high demand property that's definitely going to get booked in the summertime a lot of the summer bookings are happening um you know much closer to the arrival date these days so you know it's like you have to just have that mindset of powering through what might be a bit of a slower time and then you see uh the light afterward like for example this month it's just been bonkers the amount of uh of reservations that we've gotten now and in the future and we've made made some adjustments you know and the adjustments certainly have helped and i think that one question i have about those dips you know the enthusiasm in those first 21 days everyone is so gung-ho posting on social when you hit the dip like what you know what's your advice as to not to give up like how do you power through it well i think that because uh if you have this commitment to what you see on the other end, that is where most people want to continue. Also, if you put into practice the, the habits, the activities, then the activities and the habits will also help propel you through. Like, for example, if, you know, the Peloton example, right? I mean, if you say, okay, I'm going to do a certain number of classes a week and you put it on the calendar and you schedule it and then you commit to those then you're more likely to get through those those uh, laws. And in the real estate business, you know, certainly it is a very fluctuating business. I mean, we have the seasonal nature of it, and then we have the, you know, right now everything is a back to real estate. I mean, every time the Fed, you know, sneezes. So the thing I always say is what I can do consistently is lead generate, right? So that can help smooth out the roller coaster of the of the business is that if what you choose or you commit to do in terms of your activities will be that commitment will be there whether or not what is coming out on the other side because uh what i found is is that it may not happen exactly i, I call it matchy matchy it may not happen exactly matchy matchy like you do this and then that will happen but if you're putting out that energy, I know there's a lot of talk about the law of attraction, but I think there's an energy to putting your um, your your actions into the world. And then when there is a, a opportunity, then it's going to find people that are out there actually doing the work. Does that make sense? Without having to woo-woo and help Absolutely. And take that directly into real estate and a concrete example. Uh, I mean, I've, I work with agents and teach them the value of establishing connections and maintaining relationships and then some guidance on how to do it. And a lot of new agents start off very excited about it and hit good habits right away. But a lot of these habits are meant to get us business next year or years from now or really unpredictable times. But yet the work of maintaining the relationships is constant. Um, so I've seen a lot of agents kind of give up on those good habits the first time there's a distraction that walks into their business. I don't know if you've experienced the same when you work with agents on your team or if there's a better way to coach people through that. Oh, absolutely. I think that's like a human condition. Um, And that's, again, back to why activity blocking, I think, is so successful because 
then you see, you can track that you're actually doing the contacts, the connections to the people, uh, the lead generation activities. And then you can, I've gone back. So I became a residential agent. I did commercial before starting in 2020. And I had my very first month in August and I made 25 contacts and I had the names. And again, not that week, not that month, not that, well, a couple happened within the first year, but I can go back over 20 years and I could probably find at least $15 million of the business out of that first week. But I chose to do the 25 a week, whether anything happened or not. And you know, the other benefit to that is that you release yourself from the outcome. And I think that the people feel that. I think they feel that, yes, you are in for the relationship, for the service, for the opportunity to assist them with the real estate needs, uh, rather than, you know, the whole commission breath, the whole I've got to have a deal thing. And the people feel that and they recognize it. So then when they are ready to do something, then you are the person that they contact and, and keep in mind. Yeah. You know, we're entering a really strange year or we're in a really strange year uh, in the real estate world. And you've been in this space for quite some time. So you've I've heard you on other podcasts and you've talked about being through a number of different recessions and, um, you know, strange financial situations. What kind of advice would you give to agents that are experiencing their first downturn right now? Because I bet you a lot of people that entered this profession in the past five to 10 years where you know it was never, nothing's easy, but it was relatively, it was much easier than now. They might be second guessing themselves. Maybe they've been doing this for a little while, but they're in that funk right now. There's not as many deals out there. There's not as many properties coming on the market. Interest rates are so high, people can't afford things necessarily. The Bidding wars, I don't know about near you, but the bidding wars in the Northeast are still aggressive. What kind of advice would you give to agents like that that are experiencing that funk? We'll be right back. Every other real estate rental property deal analysis spreadsheet is wrong. The only spreadsheet that correctly analyzes your real estate deals taking into account reserves, true cash flow, including depreciation, and your true net equity on a property is the world's greatest real estate deal analysis spreadsheet from the Real Estate Financial Planner. Download a free copy today and finally start analyzing your rental properties correctly. Go to refp.info forward slash free to download it today. Well, the agents that are committed to the home run, right? I mean, they're recognizing the fact that you know, this too shall pass. I mean, I, I, the really the one that I did not know what would happen was the pandemic because I felt like economic, uh, not 11 and the pandemic were the two things that were such wild cards that wasn't, you know, possible. But interest rates, you know, I started in, re in real estate in the early 80s. So I always pull out the chart to show what we're looking at. This is nothing, right? You're like, oh, this is half of what it was back then. Inflation, you know, Fed policy. My business partner since deceased, her husband was in Congress in the 1970s. And she went to him and she said, Jerry, what are you going to do about interest rates? And he said, I can't do anything about interest rates. When are you going to learn to sell houses no matter what the interest rate is? <laughs> and I, I remind myself that, okay, when am I going to learn how to sell whatever in whatever market I'm in? Because the one thing that has for sure happened is it's always changed. So as soon as we become um, 
I actually think that's what makes it exciting. I love this business because really, truly, if it was the same, same, I would be bored. <laughs> I love the the opportunity to figure it out. Like every time it something shifts, I'm like, this is an incredible opportunity. For one thing, the people who cannot sustain it are going to be gone. <laughs> so let me last competition ultimately, right? And the true professionals are the ones that are going to be here and we're all going to figure it out. Um, there's a, a song, I think it's Howard Cohen, he says there's a crack in everything and that's how the light gets in. And so whatever is happening, I'm like, where's the crack? Where is the opportunity? Where can I help my, you know, my clients, my staff, my team, my agents, the people that I work with to figure it out? Because as Marie Fernlio said, everything's figure outable. So that's where I put our energy and attention. I don't put much energy and attention into things I cannot change. Like I cannot change Fed policy. <laughs> uh, but what I can do is I can help people figure out how to buy a house in whatever market they're in and help people sell a house in whatever market they're in. Um, you know, they're obviously your key uh, indicators. So one of the things I follow faithfully is uh, supply and demand. Um, because it's like gravity. And I want to be on the forefront, like a Barbara Corcoran, and study the pearls of, uh, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, I issue a quarterly report for our market area. But knowing where the market is going is like the Wayne Gretzky quote. I'm going to skate to where the market is going. I'm going to go to where the market is going. I'm going to get there as fast as I can. Whatever is happening, I am going to get there fast. And I'm going to be creative and resourceful in getting there so that oftentimes I get there before other people <laughs> and or I advise people before other people get there and always staying in front of it is what I have found to be um, the most successful strategy I've had. Aaron, you you have all these quotes from all these famous people, like at the top of your mind. Like, how did that? Well, I didn't have them all, but yes, I think you. Well, you know, the thing is, is these are principles that I have. Yeah followed for decades and they they become principles for a reason right because they do consistently work no matter what the market is because what i think that i or what i've seen with a lot of people and that aren't sustaining success is they they have a strategy for one type of market but when that market shifts and it will then they have to totally revamp their own strategy and i'm like oh we're just always re we're in an iteration. We're like, okay, what's the next iteration of our business and, and how we do things? Now we have core principles, but um, we we do um, move with the market. What's interesting, though, is you said that you wrote the book in 2016, right? Is that when the first edition came out? So that was before the pandemic. It was before interest rates went crazy. You know, we've had three years now of the only thing that's been certain has been uncertainty. You, you literally never know where where it's headed. And you you wrote this book before all that happened, but the principles are still important today. Like that stuff has remained consistent for the past eight years longer. And, you know, forget about a pandemic, forget about interest rates. Like if, if you, those are the, the, the key principles of lead generation, consulting to sell, connecting, building, growing, all that stuff, that, that rung true back then and it rings true right now. And I think that um, that's the one thing I can say is that in, in inside each of those cores, if you have key principles that you follow, 
Now, of course, we do a lot more social media than we did in 2016. We do a lot more um, events than we did in 2016. We do a lot more of, uh, you know, certain types of marketing and strategy. Like we don't do any print. And we were doing a lot of print in 2016. So that is what's always going to also change and evolve. But you're right. You're always going to be lead generation. You're always going to be converting clients. You're always going to be, built, you know, doing the things to build and grow. And you're always going to be working on your success principles. So. Yeah. That's why the book has stood the test of time. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like rich dad, poor dad, right? You know, it's uh, it just still is true today. Rory, any final thoughts for Karen before we get to our final questions? The other, just the other part, we've hinted on the fact that you're on a team. And I just wanted to ask if you have any advice on to real estate brokers like myself out there who are looking to grow teams, recruit the right agents, and to be able to support them and train them with the materials that they need to grow a sustainable business. Well, the ones that I have found that have achieved success are the ones that have a growth mindset. And that because it is always learning and growing and becoming better than before business, those that are the ones that are going to uh, achieve a high level of success and also the ones that have, you know, the best uh, can do attitude. Um, because the ones that think, okay, what's in it for me? That I'm like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> those are not going to go very far. So I want to like, what, you know, what, that, when I look for those things, and then in terms of the you know the coaching and the training, I I do have a a coaching program, a life coaching for mega agents and those who want to be, and then obviously coach on the five minute success principles because as you know, Jason mentioned, those are core to really all businesses if you think about it. I mean, um, and so if you if you for me when I coach to those principles, then they get the building blocks because again I. You know the the markets are changing so rapidly to to be able to build to help somebody to grow into being a successful agent, uh, they have to have those in place first. I have to say, our final three questions that we ask of all of our guests, Karen, uh, not all of our guests are renowned speakers on stage and authors, so these questions might feel a little weird because they're what you do. But I'm going to ask them anyway, right? So well, let's do uh, it. Why don't we ask these questions, then we'll uh, get to know you a little bit better, and then we will learn where people can reach out to you. First off, if you can get on stage and talk for a half an hour about any subject in the world with zero preparation, what would that be? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I have had an opportunity to do a lot of it. The idea of, of time, I find that to be so fascinating um, because, you know, Albert Einstein said time is relative, and it is, and people... Um, you know, they the way they view time has so much to do with what they're actually doing, right? And so I have so much to share about how people can achieve higher level success by mm -hmm. uh, by uh, focusing their, their time and energy. And really, it's truly energy is what sustains success. It's not time. So people help people see that from a different perspective. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Alex Brayshaw. Join me as I celebrate the positive impact of business and what drives the people behind it. It's a chance to hear from business leaders, emerging sectors and industry influencers about their unfinished business in just 25 minutes. That was such a layup question because you're a speaker, so you could do this as well, right? All right. The gotcha right here. All right. Here's another one. Right. Number two. Tell us something that happened early in your life or career that impacts the way that you're working today. So my father was an entrepreneur and his uh, space was restaurant chore. And I saw that 
I have a lot of his uh, entrepreneurial spirit. So that is truly ingrained in me. What I saw, though, was the capital requirements for something like restaurants and the the factors that go into uh, sustaining success over time. And I decided early on that I wanted my, what I would be involved in early on was being an agent because if you think about it, you don't actually own anything. You're helping other people. You're an agent for their real estate needs. What led to my next is the investing in real estate because the passive income that comes from and, and you know we could go down a whole you know as you said that the, the uh, cost segregation and the, all of the benefits particularly for people that are in real, have real estate classification um so what i i started out then became my next passion and cur- continuing my next passion and then the helping uh, people from them grow their own business wealth, their wealth, their business, and their life. Um, but it came out of the what I saw happen with my father because uh, there was a lot of things he did really well, and there were a lot of things that, when interest rates in the eighties, you know, hit those double, di- you know, the twenties, um, it was not possible to sustain uh, a business. So I, I have created a business that um, takes those things into consideration. Yeah. It's great that you have that uh, that lesson and the entrepreneurial spirit that's in your DNA, and then, and then you helped evolve it into where you are now. Final question we have, besides the book that you have written, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day, that maybe you read for five minutes a day, what else are you reading or listening to or watching these days? So I continue to be a fan of Hal Elrod and the Miracle Morning, I'm in the Miracle Morning community. Um, house endorsed all my books, but the principles that I uh, apply and um, of the Miracle Morning with the uh, morning routine is something that I sustain uh, through his community and he has a podcast and his books because I have found it to have so much impact on my life and the people that apply it. Um, and so I always want to give a shout out to Hal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we hear Miracle Morning frequently from, not as the one that people cite, but a lot of people that we know follow the Miracle Morning as well. And I see them posting about it and, you know, they talk about Miracle Morning. So, um, Rory, I should do that. I mean, I'm the morning person, right? I'm up, I'm super up early. I don't know why I don't do the Miracle Morning officially. I have my own little Miracle Morning. You do the Miracle Morning, you just don't necessarily follow the steps that Hal Elrod sets out. Um, mm-hmm. I know the steps that he sets out, but I... You don't do it. I, I'm sure I get up after both of you. What time do you get up? <laughs> oh, what does you do up in the morning? Uh, well, you know, I'm up around 5.30. I was not a morning... Made the commitment to write my book. And I had, you know, as the classic, you know, I don't have enough time to write a book. And so I had um, discovered this time hack of getting up an hour early based on the daylight savings time. I tell people they can time hack anytime they want. They get on an airplane, they type it, time hack their body all the time. So that was such a game changer for me. Uh, so I kept it in, into place. And that is really the energy of the day with the Miracle Morning and the the habits that I, I have set up have, have totally been a game changer for my life. Right. So I, what, one takeaway I have, I'm going to look at that Miracle Morning again. I'm going to put it on my roadmap for this year and see if I want to subscribe to that. And then, of course, I'm going to look at the real estate success of five minutes a day and learn one new thing every single day with each page 
Um, Karen, where can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about you? See you speak, uh, buy a house from you, list their house from you, like all this fun stuff. All the things. So it's really easy on the, uh, what I call my creative endeavors, the five minute success. So it's number five. So that's easy to remember. There's a website. Uh, you can find me on Amazon. I have four books now and, uh, the, the, all of them are also an audible and the podcast you can access on the website as well. The the real estate side of my world, my, my um, main hustle, is if you Google Karen Briscoe, I think I, I tick up the whole first page of, of Google, <laughs> but I, I'm in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. metro region. My team is known as the HBC uh, Realty Group at Keller Williams. Uh, but again, if you Google Karen Briscoe, uh, you, will, you will probably find me. Oh, yeah. I can attest to that. It was very easy to find you when I Googled Karen Briscoe. Um, one last question. Did you get to read your own audiobooks? I did not. Do you? It is really talent to be able to sustain that level of uh, reading. I have great respect. I read the introduction and I was exhausted. <laughs> so I, I did hire talent. Uh, my, a, a friend of mine, Julie Riesler, is a, is a voice talent, and she uh, wrote, read my books. And that was something, you know, side note, I wasn't committed to doing and have found that the Audible, the audiobooks actually outsell paper. Because yeah. if you think about my, you know, uh, avatar, I know you all talk about the avatar, and my avatar is real estate agents. Well, what are they doing? They're actually out on appointments or they're going for a run or whatever. I mean, you don't have time to read a book. Right. Physically. Uh, I, I asked you that question because I um, someone that I just encountered who wrote a book for Bigger Pockets. I asked if this person uh, read the book in the audio version and was told that uh, I won't even say gender. Uh, this person um, auditioned but didn't get the gig. <laughs> for yeah, the so, oh, Isn't that crazy? Oh, oh well, yeah. there you go. Yeah, maybe they felt like they didn't have the right voice. Right. I, it does take talent. It, it's yeah. like, it really is it's a talent to be able to read an audio book because what we you know, as podcasters, I mean, we could do a little editing on everything, but when you have somebody that's um, going to be listening to it as a book, it has to have a different level of quality. Yeah. And, you know, the, the world I came from was a media business and I spent a lot of time in the radio business and, you know, the people that are on air, you know, they take their jobs very seriously as they should. And they are voice talent. They are good at what they do and they probably don't get enough, enough credit that they should. But, you know, a lot of those people are the ones that are reading the audiobooks, reading commercials, you know, and they're really good at it. So Rory, where people can get a hold of him, and then I'm going to say goodbye to Karen. But Rory. You can find me through my real estate brokerage, Next Home Title Town. That's nexthometitletown.com or through my law practice, Urban Village Legal. That's at urbanvillagelegal.com. All right. Karen, it's been a pleasure. We really appreciate your being here today and all the time and, you know, having a mega agent for the first time. Uh, I've learned a ton. Well, I'm delighted to be your first, and I am thrilled to be part of your community of listeners. And so uh, thank you for the opportunity. Great, great. Well, go go get Kara's book. We're going to link everything up in the show notes. Uh, download the audio version if you are super busy like all of us and you're on the go. And if you'd like to reach out to me, if you want to be a guest on this podcast or you have questions for Karen and you want to reach out to her, I can forward them on. Uh, Jason at nexthometitletown.com. I will read everything. We love reviews of this podcast, especially if they're five star. We don't like four star or less. So five star reviews. And we love all the comments that you have. Any questions, please reach out. We read them all and respond to them all.
Karen, thanks again. This has been a pleasure. Rory, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Law Podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. We're powered by Next Home Title Town, Greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com. And Urban Village Legal, Massachusetts Real Estate Council, serving savvy property owners, lenders, and investors. More at urbanvillagelegal.com. Today's conversation was not legal advice, but we hope you found it entertaining and informative. Discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com. Thank you for listening.